Hello and welcome to another episode of Bored and Annoyed. I'm Jackson. And I am home at the movies. And uh, this week we have a special guest for the first time ever on the podcast. A um, Kennedy. Uh, yeah, right. Well, first name <laughs> Kennedy. Uh, his name is Kennedy Baruch, and he's going to be joining us to discuss his new film that's in production, Princess in Another Castle. So that should be fun. Hmm. You, uh, you Nintendo fans will recognize that reference. Yes! Like Captain America, I right. understood that reference. There you go. But first, we have news. Or yeah. I hope Alex has news, because I wasn't up on the news this week. There was some news, but there's a lot of Marvel news, and a lot of it was TV, and a lot of it's speculation. So I'm just going to go with uh, one of the more interesting pieces of news, which is the Upgrade director is doing the Invisible Man movie for I Universal. I did see that. I did see that. Now, is this them trying to continue their Dark Universe, or is this a new? I think we gotta. I think we gotta assume yes. This is this is this is a continuation. <laughs> well, I liked Upgrade, so maybe. Uh... Yeah, I mean. You got to kind of wonder, maybe this is when it finally turns around? Well, who was... They had, like, all the casting done for this dark universe, right? Uh, Javier Bardem was in it, I believe. Um, uh, Johnny Depp was in it. Right, I was going to say, was Johnny Depp the Invisible Man? I think so. I mean, God knows if they still got him for that. Jackson's going to... Yeah, I'm going to confirm that, because that would be funny if... You know, that'll be a sign... As to whether or not they, uh, they're going to be doing the same deal. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, uh, I remember it was Tom Cruise, clearly. Yep. Johnny Depp. Um, they had uh, Javier. Russell Crowe was Russell, in the first movie. Yep, yep. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. They were thinking about having, uh, what's his name? Uh, Luke Evans come back as Dracula, too. Oh, there that you was, go. That was supposed to be... I actually didn't hate that movie. I, I never saw it. That I was supposed to be the original beginning of this universe. I don't, I'm looking right now. I'm not going to find it offhand. But right. Yeah, maybe later we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll correct the record and you, tell you who he was going to play. But I think it was The Invisible Man. I could be wrong. But can you imagine this director doing an action scene with an invisible character? Like... But but here's the thing. It could be that, kind of fun. It, well, here's yeah. the thing. Imagine upgrade action, but the guy's half invisible, but he's got like <laughs> blood splatters on part of his body so you can see him. Oh, that'd be neat. Yeah. Or like just the wrapped up head with the, yes. the gauze or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. You could do cool. something really cool with that. I don't want it to be Johnny Depp. Like I yeah, really don't, but I'm 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 First time I'm ever. open to the idea of an Invisible Man movie. Though. First time ever, I am mildly excited for the Universal Monsters universe. Oh, there you go. The dark I was universe. excited when I saw the cast, but since that movie came out, I have not been excited. I like everyone that they cast. I yeah, I, I I do, but at the same time, I'm like, I looked at the director for the Mummy, and I was like. I don't no. even know who that was. That was, God, uh, that was oh bad. God, it was, um, it, it's, I believe the same guy who's directing X-Men, the new X-Men that's oh, coming out. Oh, the Phoenix out. movie. The Phoenix one. Yeah. Yeah, he was a, he was a writer on like all these X-Men movies. That was his first time direct. No, no, I'm wrong, but I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody. <laughs> oh, it was one of the guys who worked on the Amazing Spider-Man series. That's oh, who it was. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Not That's a director, it was like a first-time director who was a writer. But anyways. But yeah, Upgrade was great. Yes. Next bit of news. Uh, 
I, I, I find this kind of interesting. Black Widow might be the first R-rated Marvel movie. Marvel Studios movie. Really? The Scarlett Johansson Black Widow movie? This, this, It's the rumor, currently. Uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm sorry. No I confirmation. I just don't buy it. Uh, yeah, I mean, no con. I mean, but what if, Jack? It'd be awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, there was a lot of speculation about it, but uh, nothing's confirmed right now. Uh, let's see. Sad news. Aquaman is the highest grossing DC movie of all time. Makes sense. Unfortunately. Garbage. It doesn't make sense from a quality standpoint. Thanks, China. (laughs) Fucking everything up once again. They really do. We don't hate the Chinese. We're just saying. I just don't understand the taste. We we hate their movie tastes. Yeah. I I don't get it. Um, And I think uh, last piece of news the movie that um, we've all been waiting for, really, at the end of the day. At least I have. Okay. I don't know, about about five. Tom and Jerry. Oh, that's happening. Still happening. We're working on it. And uh, they released released some concept art. Do you want to see it, Jackson? Yes, I do. I want to see it. He's judging slowly. Wait a minute. So Jennifer Lawrence is like the mom whose legs you saw? In the show? I, I think so, yeah. So Jennifer Lawrence is in this picture. You guys can Google it, and it's Tom and Jerry, basically. That can't be real. Is that real? Apparently it's real. Apparently it's All real. Right, whatever. I mean, as long as it's about Tom and Jerry. The worst... Like, I don't even care to see a human character in the goddamn movie. Right. Well, the worst thing about this is that they're not even, like, that photorealistic thing. Like, it's almost like, well, I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's terrible or if it's good, but... They're Let just, me see it again. They're just, they look exactly no, like they're, they're car- cartoon yeah, versions. Yeah, so it's just, just a cartoon version of, so it's going to be like the Garfield movie, kind of. But Garfield, they tried to kind of make him, like they gave him like yeah, fur. Sure. Here, they're just smooth CGI creatures, you know? Yeah, well, we'll see what they do. It'll I have be, a feeling that's what they'll do. It'll be a cheap, shitty movie. Yeah. But. Uh, oh, another piece of news. Monopoly is getting a movie. Uh, Kevin Hart, Kevin right? Hart, Yeah. Is this another race switch? The first thing I thought of when I saw this was announced was uh, that scene in Ace Ventura 2. You must be the The Monopoly Monopoly guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. That's unrelated. But um, yeah, I don't know. What the hell? So he's going to like make his way up in Atlantic City, like make his way to the top, I would assume. State Street, whatever it is. I can't remember. I don't think he's going to play like the the monocle wearing old dude. He's going to be like. I'd rather you know, he did. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I don't either. think that's the main character. That's like the guy who like mm. explains the stuff to He'll him. He'll be like a white, older <laughs> actor who's been out of it for a while who will be a cameo. Richard Dreyfus just saw him in a oh, polar boy. this weekend. Unbelievable. <laughs> that man has aged so poorly. <laughs> I mean, it's not his fault. Like, it's part like, of it's did this. They really, you know, part did of they it's really the, get. A, if you haven't listened to our polar review yet, did they really get Richard Dreyfus for Spoilers, a cameo? He, bit? It is Richard Dreyfus. It is. Yeah, it's more than a cameo. It's a. It's a character. It's like it's a, a, yeah. But, he gets like a scene. Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. I was right. shocked. That I mean, he was, was in that. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know he was in it. Well, it took me a minute. I'm like, is that him? Yeah. But yeah, we can get into that when we uh, record our polar review. Yep. 
And uh, last piece of news that I saw that was of some interest was uh, the DC movies are apparently done focusing on in, on on like a shared universe after the success of Aquaman. They're more interested now in individual uh, stories. Good, because they botched it. So just keep them separate, and then they don't have to poison each other with their awfulness. It's it's kind of a good point. At the same time, um, I mean, you have a point in that they failed miserably at what they were trying to do. Right. Uh, but I think at the same time, it's not the comics, you know, like, I mean, you can, you can, you can not do what the comics are. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. Like the, I mean, the before the MCU, that's right. how it was. Right. You just had your, and you can do like, like the Tobey Maguire first two films yep. are not bad films and they still had Spider-Man as a singular hero in his yes. universe. Um, and that worked, um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, it's sort of weird to be like, we were a universe and no, now just we're ignore not. It. Just ignore it. <laughs> just pretend. I mean, they can mention shit. They just yeah. can't. Yeah. I don't know. Or you I, just, you know, make something good. That would yeah. be another plan. But I think they just realized it's a lot harder than it looks. Right. So, which is fine. Fine. You know, if you can't do it, go back to the thing that you can do. I would agree. But uh, you want to go into shit we watched? Yeah, um, I have a quite the list this week, actually, to okay. be honest with you. Um, the first thing I wanted to mention was this uh, documentary called, uh, I think it was The Fire Festival. It's on Netflix. Oh, I heard about that, yeah. Yeah, fucking, it was really good, man. Okay. So basically, it's about, uh, it's a documentary about this this fire festival, F-Y-R-E, and mm. how these guys like plan the largest music festival ever. They like bought an island in the Bahamas. They went and, you know, put up for sale these like cabanas and shit. It was gonna be like this three-day thing. Everybody was gonna take private jets to get to it. Right. Like they sold this like luxury experience. Uh problem is they didn't have a plan. <laughs> And the guy who who did it, basically the main guy, him and Ja Rule put it together. Whoa. Yeah. And he just bullshitted everyone for the funding for this. Wait, Ja Rule did or no, the other guy? No, the other guy. But okay. Ja Rule, I don't know how he, by halfway through the documentary, they just kind of like conveniently forget that he's selling this too. This sounds like, like prestige worldwide but yes, in the real that's world. No, somebody had a meme of um, uh, Aziz Ansari's character and his buddy from um, from Parks oh, and Rec. Yeah, 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 I forget yeah. the guy's John name. John Ralphio. Yeah, John Ralphio. And it's like the real guys who came up with the <laughs> fire festival. It was perfect. 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 Yeah. But, but anyway, so everybody gets down there, like mm-hmm. the people who bought this, and it's like these uh, recycled tents from like FEMA camps that yeah. are like the cabanas and shit. It yep. is fucking crazy, dude. And this guy, he's an idiot. I won't go too deep into the main guy who, uh, who put it together, but it's like, you just, just douche written all over, it, uh. you know, but yeah, very interesting. Uh, Netflix right now. Uh, I would recommend it. I'd give it like a B plus. Oh, okay. Uh, I watched or started watching the new season of Kimmy Schmidt. It is fine, but it's all over the place. I had one one episode that made me roll my eyes quite a bit. Uh, I also had I, I completely skipped the pre, they they this is uh, I forget season four or season five they split it into two, um, so like the first it was like six or seven episodes. Last season I couldn't make it fifteen minutes into the first episode. The writing was so terrible. Okay, um, so I just skipped that entire season, started this one fresh. Because this is the last season of this show. 
And uh, it started out okay. And it's not terrible uh, anymore. But it's still pretty hit or miss. So I don't know if I'd recommend it. I'd probably give it like a C. It's it's fine. I mean, as a sitcom connoisseur, uh, it's okay. See, it's popular, right? It is popular. Yeah. I don't know what happened, though. The first two or three seasons were written really, really well. And it was funny. And, and it was funny. Good it was characters, good. Yeah. I would assume. And I liked it a lot. And then it just, I swear, somebody on the writing staff had to have left. Somebody integral. Because it the, the writing just went to shit. Like it was a it was a petering off. Don't get me wrong; it didn't just fall off a cliff. But. It's funny how important certain people are. Like I think of that first season of The Walking Dead and yeah. Frank Darabont being involved, and then yep. he's gone. And if you guys don't know who he is, he directed uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, and he's a big deal. Yep. Uh, yeah, he was heavily influencing the direction that show was going to take. Yep. And he left, and it's never been the same. It's it's kind of how. By it goes. the way, I haven't watched it in months so i'm off oh wow i'm off of it i forgot to oh tell my you God. that you, you didn't even wean off you didn't even like just oh, just clean I, cut just a uh, half an episode cold this week. turkey <laughs> cold turkey that's usually the best way to quit uh, yeah it's it's funny i see stuff and i'm like oh do i want to watch it i think i have them on dvr mm. i just haven't it's good too for big you, of a man. Chore. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have to go to like inpatient rehab or anything. Wow, impressive. But yeah, so not good anymore. It's it's fine. I mean, it's definitely better than last season or last half of this season. But uh, yeah, it's C, C plus maybe. I don't know. All right, it's okay. Um, I watched one uh, this weekend. Uh, Resolution, the uh, the Aaron and Justin. Horror movie I watched again. Though. Oh, you watched it again? Yes. Okay. Fucking great. Just wanted to mention that. Yep. It's a good one. Yeah. God damn. It's a good one. They're, they're, uh, I know that they, they recently uh, finished filming on that Anthony Mackie one that they're making. Yes. And I'm pumped I'm, for another movie from them. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm really excited because they, they got like A-listers this time. As, He's as, not an A-lister. Well, okay, not A-listers, but, <laughs> but they, they got like, they got, like, they got Holly- like an actor someone's heard of and seen. They've got right. Hollywood actors now. You know, though, it, does it matter? It does. I mean, his, the acting all, was good in both of those all movies. All that matters is the visibility it will that's get. That's true. We want more people to see their movies. Yes. That's all I care about. They, they can direct the hell out of any actor they get, it So the like. MCU fans out there, make sure you go see Anthony Mackie in the new Aaron and Justin movie. Absolutely. But yeah, we watched that. Um, basically, the reason I watched that was because uh, a buddy of mine came over and we watched um one he had recommended as well called good time okay with uh oh god the guy who played uh edward cullen i oh, can't remember right. his name uh but fucking crazy mm-hmm. really good um i would highly recommend it basically uh he has like a mentally challenged brother um and they rob a bank okay. and the brother gets arrested um so he's trying to like get the money to uh to get him back out. It's Robert Pattinson, by yeah, the way. That's yep, his name. Yep. But um, yeah, fucking one of those movies where it's just like you feel like you took a shot of adrenaline before you watched it because it's constantly moving and there's constantly crazy shit happening. You know, he like loses a 20 ounce filled with like LSD. Okay. And he's fucking running around like this with this uh this guy who he acts that he thinks it's his brother in the hospital, like breaks him out and it's not his brother. It's just fucking like when it was over, I was like, whew. 
<laughs> you know, you could but yeah, I would highly it. recommend right. that one. He's good, Robert Pattinson. I know everybody's stuck on that Ed Cullen thing, but everything I've seen him in since, I like him. Yeah. I like him. So, yeah, that was uh, that was one. We watched that, and I'm like, have I got a weird movie for you, my friend? <laughs> see if you can figure this one out and popped in resolution. So. Okay. Uh, let's see what else. Did I, oh, uh, Netflix, more Netflix. Uh, I started watching the new season of Punisher. And? Um, so, a little predictable. Okay. Um, you almost wish, I mean, sp- it's not a spoiler. Anybody who goes in knows that eventually he's going to be Punisher again. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a season. Yeah, no, he's the Punisher, right? But uh, he's with, trying to like be on the straight and narrow at the beginning. With that in mind, the first episode, you're just biding your time because you know somebody's going to get hurt. He starts caring about a new person. You're like, you're only here to motivate Frank into getting back to what he was doing, right? And so, in that regard, first episode. Oh, not even really, like, not actually, I'll say it, not very good. Okay. Except for this killer fight scene in in a bathroom. Oh, a good Marvel fight scene. I guess Punisher has those down. Yes, and uh, that was, oh, it was sick. It was a nice knife fight in the bathroom. Oh, it was killer. Who doesn't love a knife fight? Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Uh, Episode two was okay, not not great. Episode three is fine. Uh, It's... I don't think it's as good as season one, um, partially because it's doing a lot. Of, like there's a sheriff scene where you they people get arrested and you're like, oh, I know where this is going. The bad guys that are chasing Frank are going to come here and attack the sheriff's office because it's a small town sheriff's office. Right. And so you're just waiting for that to happen in that episode. So. It's OK. The acting is all pretty good. There's a new girl in it who's like a teenager. She's really unlikable um, okay uh snot nose punk kind of character really ungrateful frank uh he's great uh john bernthal is just a great actor he's perfect for the role i think but um it's it's just okay it's it's not it's not great i'm i'm a little it, it's probably it's another c plus b it's not minus. getting good reviews i've noticed that was the thing that got me is it was at 50 percent on rotten tomatoes last i checked and i was like i don't know if this is 50 percent worthy but that's how people feel you know yeah so well usually i feel like tv reviews are inflated yes if anything yeah so usually like you see 50 for a tv series like that and it's like ugh. Yeah, you know, and there was because I know like Luke Cage season two, which I was like a fucking snooze fest. I think that got pretty good. It did get Rotten it, Tomatoes. It did scores. get, and I'll say this: I like it more than uh, in Iron Fist season two, and I like it more than uh, Luke Cage season two. Okay, and more than Jessica Jones. More than two. Jessica Jones season two. I couldn't get through two episodes of that fucking disaster. That was garbage. Yeah, that was terrible. But but overall, if you're a fan, watch it. I, should I, I watch it? I, I think it's worth your time. You might like it actually more than I did because you might not hate some of the cliches as much as I was okay. hating them. Um, Netflix. Yeah. Staying with Netflix. Yeah. I watched another documentary on Netflix called... We should just call this Netflix and Annoyed. Hey, hey. Abducted in Plain Sight. Have you heard of this? I saw it on the recommended list. Holy fuck. Yeah. Oh, my! basically... I don't want to spoil anything um, because it's a wild ride. Uh, basically, it's about a little girl who's kidnapped twice by a family friend, like a, the Tw- dad of a twi- family. Twice. Twice. 
Um, was he wearing a mask the first time? No, and that's it. That's just it. Is you know you hate to victim blame, right? Um, and in this case, I don't blame the little girl, right? But the family of the little girl. They're like a really you know not not that I hate religious people, religious fans down there. Calm down, right? But, but it's like a really religious family, mm. and the guy like they met him at church, whatever the abductor, yeah. Ah, uh, but yeah, just. The shit is like, why is this guy allowed near her? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you fucking thinking? Like, it's he come okay. He sleeps in her bed five out of seven nights a week at one point in the movie, like knowingly. I have nothing. It's that's strange. It is fucked up. All right. So the first abduction. The way that he gets her brainwashed, the little girl, is basically she wakes up like strapped down to a bed and he has a uh, recorder playing like with the voice of an alien Mm. telling her that basically she has a mission. She needs to, you know, have like she needs to have a child by her 16th birthday. Otherwise, her little sister will get the mission. And if her little sister doesn't do it, then the world will end. And she's like 12 or 13. He fucked up George McFly'd this girl. Yes, but That's the point a is... fucked okay. up George McFly. And he, here's where I'm like, something's going on, Shell. Like, he he targeted this family. Like, but I'm sorry. Like, I, I like to think of myself when I was 13. Right. There's no fucking way I'm believing that, but I guess I've never experienced this. I mean, he like tells, he tells the family, oh, we're going to go, you know, on a horseback riding trip or whatever. And they trusted him. He's like a family friend or whatever. So they sent him, sent her with him and he was gone for a month, took her to Mexico. Like, and, and that is the first time that's the first time. It is fuck. It's crazy. It's fucking batshit crazy. And there's things involving the the parents with the guy. Like he seduces both parents. Seduce? Yes. So yes. he sleeps with the parents. Well, he sleeps with one of the parents and uh, gets help. <laughs> gets help from the other one. Um, you know, B- blowies. No, no, no. <laughs> not quite that far. Okay. All right. But but the point is, he like. He basically played this entire family for a tune. It's crazy. It That's is, insanity. It is batshit. It's very, very much something that if anyone's into true crime or just crazy shit, it's the second craziest documentary I've seen uh, next to Imposter, which was one I watched a few years ago that mm. was absolutely fucking stunning. But but this halfway through, I looked at the fiance and I'm like, I almost don't believe this. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, how is this family allowing this? Right. It, it's fucking weird. And I felt terrible for them because they feel terrible now. It's like yep. current interviews with them and yeah. shit. The dude is a monster. Yeah, clearly he's a psychopath. But you can't watch it and not think like, okay, what like what world are we living in? Because it is fucking crazy. I mean, this shit just gets piled on. Like all of a sudden it's like, oh, and I believed that aliens, Xenu and blah blah were oh. talking to me. And you're just like What's next? And then the dad's like, and he asked me for relief. So I gave him a handy or whatever. And you're just, it's just, it's like compounding interest. The craziness just gets ramped up as the movie goes on. I was expecting the end to be like, yeah, we're just kidding. 
These are all fantastic actors. Shyamalan comes out. Yeah. What a twist. <laughs> it's an M. Night movie. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So that's, uh, I recommend that one. Highly uh, recommend that. Okay. One. You should tag that with uh, mild spoilers or something in the time timestamp too. But um, yeah, I mean, did you watch anything else? Uh, I, I have one viewing, but I want to go into something else. It's not, it's not a viewing. I played a video game. Oh, did you? Uh, this is why I don't play video games Uh-oh, is because I, I got, no, I got obsessed. It was like, all I could do was play uh, uh, Spider-Man for PS4. Okay. I finally kind of came back to it after months of not playing it. And, uh, that game is fucking amazing. Yeah. Dude. I've got, I have it. I haven't played the shit out of it. It's, uh, I'm like 80 nine or 85 percent done or something like that it it is one of the definitive this is a crazy and it's been said before this is a crazy year for spider-man you had infinity war you had uh uh, into the spider-verse and then you had this game this is probably the best year spider-man has ever had as far as like quality things coming out in different uh areas and different iterations uh i mean he was in arguably the best superhero movie ever made in spider-man too but we'll let that slide that's one good thing. This is yeah, a, but your, that is this, a really good thing. It's a, it's a really good thing. <laughs> but this is this is three really good. But things. yeah, I've got to see. I've got to pick that back up. It's really good. It's really good. The story. I, uh, story the problem is, is it came out and then Red Dead Redemption came out, yeah. and they're both kind of the same, like open, open world, world thing. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, you know, the more I play those. Sometimes you get a little tired of it. Well, it's like, you know, and I know they're huge and whatever, and that's the selling point, but it's like, okay, set checkpoint, dot on map, go to dot. Like, at at a certain point, you're just like, ah. I'd rather them make a game with a smaller map that has limited places you need to go and they don't tell you where to go. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Even though they say like, oh, you're not on the rails in this game, you know, you're not on a track. You're on a track. It's right. just a dot on a map that I have to go to. Yeah, you just of... have different tracks you can choose. Yeah. Uh, next week, I think I'm going to discuss Hollow Knight. Okay. Um, that's top three video games I've ever played in my life. Okay. So stay tuned for that. But we um, don't have time for that today. Right. So. But uh, the game, the thing that I realize it might be one of the, it might actually be the best video uh, comic book video game ever made. All right. Um. And the reason I sort of give it an edge over the Arkham Knight games is... Ooh, those are fun. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about New York in this is that it feels like a real lived-in city. It and does. Arkham never felt real. Even in, uh, what was it, Arkham Knight was the last one? The only one I played was the first one. Okay, I, I played all three. I didn't... F- I rented Arkham Knight. I didn't buy it. Okay. Um, It never really felt like a real city. There's like no people anywhere. Right. You yep. don't really save. I have people. heard that. You know, don't um, you like drive around in the Batmobile yeah. and do missions and shit? Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I, you know. And this nails one of the most important things about a superhero, which is their alter ego and their life as an alter ego. Yeah. I, alter the parts ego. I played, like the little cutscenes and stuff, were pretty good. Like, yeah. It felt like somebody really cared about the property when they put it together. So, yeah. I mean, you, you care about Aunt May, you care about Miles, you care about Mary Jane. They all have a history in this. And, uh, it feels real. And, and it's, it's good. It's one of the best Spider Man things to ever come out, I think. So, uh, sweet. And I love just web swinging around. It's, yeah, oh, that was always the best thing about even the shitty Spider-Man exactly, games. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But, uh, I mean, I it made me realize, I think Spider-Man has maybe the coolest way of traversing the world. Um, like, yeah, sure, would... you, can, you can fly, sure, you know. 
but flying. Yeah, but I mean, tell me it doesn't look cooler when you're doing fucking aerial flips. It looks and fun shit. as shit. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Nice. Um, yeah. Well, so we both saw a movie in theaters. Yeah. That the other didn't see. So I saw Serenity. Okay. And it must have been batshit week for me, because it was fucking bizarre. Um, there's not much I can say without spoiling this. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it an overall B minus. For everybody who doesn't know, because this hasn't had a ton of trailers, this is the Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Diane Lane, Diane Lane, weird, Jason Clark, Digimon, our boy Digimon, Digimon. Hansu. yeah, Digimon. And what's what's the premise? It's like it's like a romantic thriller kind of thing. It's, that's a, what it's like a okay. So it's like a it it's like a modern day thriller. Yeah. Uh, this guy lives on an island. Um, he's a fisherman. Yeah. And he's searching out, seeking out this tuna, this legendary tuna that he's been after. Jonah's going to get his whale. Right. Yes. Correct. Um, his wife shows up. Uh, and says, you know, I have this abusive husband now. Mm. Like Matthew McConaughey went off to war, and while he was gone, she met this other guy. But she already had a kid with Matthew McConaughey, mm. uh, and basically asks Matthew McConaughey to kill him for her. Yep, that's the premise. Now, it feels it looked in the trailer like it was almost like one of those uh, Jillian Flynn type, you know, like yeah. Gone Girl type things. Yep. Ooh, it is not that. They made uh, it look like in the trailers, like everybody on the island was in on it in some regard. Yeah, you've got a good eye. Well, not not in on it, but don't even ask me about that. Right? No, I don't, I don't, I don't want that. you. I don't want you to spoil it. It was just one of those things where everybody's like, "We all know you have a choice, Matthew McConaughey." Oh, this is a fucked up thing, Matthew McConaughey. Right? Like, yes. You know. Um. But yeah, there's some really fucking clever things in this okay that i can't talk about right uh now this is one that's a b minus but it's like my highest recommendation just because you're not going to see anything like this Mm -hmm. uh i can't think of anything quite like this right um the performances are good now what was interesting and i will i will you know divulge this is or i'll say that about 20 minutes into the movie, I looked at my buddy and I said, this is on purpose because everything was so cheesy. Like it was trying to be like a neo-noir, like film noir type characters, like the damsel. And, you know, she's mm. like, like, what's her name? Uh, Anne Hathaway, like really vamps it up like this. Okay. You know, and once you discover that this is purposeful and once they give you the reasons why. It all makes sense. Gotcha. And I feel like the critics, they're shitting on this, by okay. the way. I feel like they don't get it. Okay. But I could be wrong. Maybe I just have horrible taste. But the things they're insulting, like, you know, you mentioned Peter Travers last yeah. week. Yep. Uh, the things they're insulting are clearly there for a reason. Okay. Um, And if you don't, if you're not in the world where that reason makes sense, you're not going to like this movie. Okay. Okay. That's fair, all I'll fair, say about fair it. Fair enough. It's kind of like, you know, when people would look at like the, would you say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to ask, would you say it's akin to like the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans when somebody goes like, ah, oh, it's just so campy and cheesy. Well, yes, that's sure. the whole that's point. The point. It's, an, it's right. intentional. Well, yeah. And like e- Sam Raimi, I mean, he's the master of that, yeah. right? Well, uh, and, and, and even I, in my years have 
come to the point where I still appreciate them, but I don't enjoy the campy cheesiness as much as I did okay. when those first came out. But it's purposeful. Out. But it's purpose- purposeful, and I would never fault it for being the thing that it's right. trying to be. Um, yeah, this is just, it is just bizarre. Right. Uh, it doesn't, it's, I'm giving him points for trying something. I'm not sure if it works. Right. Yeah. Cause you said to me, it was like an A plus concept with a D plus execution. See, and I want to revise that because I love the concept, uh-huh. but I don't know if it's doable. Mm. Uh, and when you see it, you will understand what I'm saying. Right. Um, but the hate it's getting, it's like, I'm, it's, it's, it's not poorly made. It's weird as fuck. It's goofy at times. And yeah, by far and away the most the in January, the best thing I've seen. Okay. As far as like if you go see a movie this January and it's any of like if I were to tell you which one to see based on what I've seen, yeah. I'm not gonna say this is the best one. Right. But this is the one I would recommend just because right. everything else that's out right now is not- fucking and yeah. I don't know how the viewers or the viewers, the listeners. Yeah, people don't people, view their podcasts, Alex. <laughs> well, yeah. But uh, I don't know how people are going to take this, but I'm going to tell you where I'm at with your recommendation and with where it's at in Rotten Tomatoes. I am not going to see this in theaters because a D-plus execution does not put much faith in me, especially if I don't have my Cinemia account yet. So I'm not going to... Well, not you're gonna, making a mistake. I'm, I'm telling I, you. No, I will see it. I, I will just rent it. I just won't, I just won't see it in this theaters. This coming from the guy who saw Replicas. I saw that because we had to. Although there's probably people that hate this more than Replicas. Probably. Yeah. No, I saw Replicas because I had to for this podcast. <laughs> well, either way, get that Cinemia card. I do. I, I'm going to. I, I used I'm going it to. for this movie. Uh, um but yeah, no, I I applause to uh, I think his name's Kevin Knight uh-huh. who did this. Uh, he actually did Eastern Promises with Vigo too. Oh. This guy knows how to make and write a fucking movie. If you did Eastern Promises, so this Promises. is per- that's what I'm saying. This hmm. isn't some fucking schlocky dickwad who hmm. directed the Mummy. Like everything in this is purposeful. Does it work? I'll let you decide. Right. I don't fucking know, but I was entertained. Most entertained I've been this year. So it's, it, it sounds like it'll be fun to dissect. It is a dissection. We should, at some point, we should just talk about this movie for 20 minutes after you've seen it on video or whatever. Fair, fair enough. Fair but, enough. Yeah. Well, Look you forward saw to Stan that. and Ollie. I right? did. Yeah. I saw Stan and Ollie. Um, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, it's definitely the best movie I've seen in January. It probably is better than Serenity. But, but it does not. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't count as a 2019 movie because it came out uh, the last week of 2018. Oh, shit. Yeah, but it wasn't widely released 2018. But it was out in the U.S. somewhere. Yes. Okay. So, sadly, I can't say it's the best movie of 2019. But it's the best one you've seen. Best one I've seen of this year. Uh, I'd probably give it uh, a B. Okay. Probably give it a B. Uh, nice little quaint little movie. It's an hour and 37 minutes Ooh, long. Bonus points. Yes. Uh, it's nice and short. Knows what it's doing. Uh, you got John C. Riley and Steve Coogan, the director from Tropic Thunder. He played the director. He wasn't the director. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's funny. Uh, let's see. So it's about this comedy duo from the 30s, and uh, they aren't making that much money anymore. And so to try and get a movie deal, they are reuniting for a comedy tour uh in the uk okay and uh 
they haven't been together for like 15 years. They were together uh, before World War II. And then like after World War II, this is like, I don't know, 1955 or something, 1953 or something, something like that. Sure. And uh, yeah, just, just wholesome, just wholesome and nice and good. And uh, Steve Coogan really impressed me with his acting. John I C. like R- him. John C. Riley is a good actor. Yes. He, he just doesn't get much credit for it. No, he's too good at playing like the goofy, bumbling idiot yeah. character. But you feel for him, but you don't feel enough to the point of like making you want to cry. Okay. Was um, it going for that? I think it, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I mean, I mean but, uh, it's a movie that, uh, and I don't want to be sexist or genderist or whatever, but uh might make your mom cry. Okay. But I don't, but I don't think it's going to make like, <laughs> I don't think it's going to make a grown man in their 30s cry. Sure. Uh yeah, it's it's it, the thing about it that was a little weird was uh, you realized how juvenile our sense of humor was back in the 30s and 40s. Lots of slapstick, isn't it funny because he fell down kind of shit. Because there are bits where they do their performances and they let them go on for a while, and you're like, I'm not, I'm not laughing. I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh at this bit with the audience that's in the movie right. laughing, but. There are other bits that are still kind of funny and still kind of hold hold their own. But uh, yeah, I, I love the time period. I love they they nailed the look of it. Uh, Steve Coogan looked great in the part. I, I just the acting is the thing that really took it over the edge for me. Nice, yeah. So I, I recommend it, and I feel Sweet. bad for these guys because it's one of those things where you realize like these guys are. Uh, they're talented comedians, but they didn't get any royalties from any of their movies, and they had like 150 movies. Um, so they're poor as shit, even though like everybody knows them. Different time. Different time. Um, and also, it's one of those things that I really like because you know you and I kind of do a creative thing with this podcast. Uh, and if anybody has done a creative endeavor with a partner, uh, this is kind of a good dissection about like the dichotomy between. You know, the relationship that that develops between people who are trying to create something. Yeah, if you guys didn't know, as soon as the recording button gets stopped, as soon as we stop recording, we're just monsters to each other. Oh, yeah. Just screaming. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's it's Homer and Bart, but we're both (laughs) Homer to each other. Right. But, um, yeah, so I might go see that one. I recommend it. That sounds pretty good. Um, The last thing I'll talk about before we get to our guest... Uh, and it's kind of a decent segue into our guest because it's another video game. Yeah. Uh, I played the remake of Resident Evil 2 this weekend. Okay. It's fucking impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because as a kid, you remember Resident Evil games as being like super hard. You do, your, your time, your sense of time from childhood is fucked up. Yeah. Uh, I beat this in, I think, over a little over 11 hours, and that's both the Claire campaign and the Leon campaign. Okay. But man, if you're a Resident Evil fan, this thing is like a dream come true nostalgia wise. They took the whole thing, they changed the camera so it's like behind the character third person perspective okay. instead of the fixed camera that you used to have with the goofy movement. Yeah. So it's 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 a lot more uh, the action in it is a lot easier to deal with, but it's still, you know, you go into a room, you might have two bullets left. You know, it's it makes you feel ang- just super anxious because right. you're fucking never know what's going to be in the next room. Yep. I was yelling like, oh, shit, <laughs> when I'd enter a room, like legitimately like shocked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
just really well done. Kudos to Capcom um, for for doing this because right. you know it's one of those things. I you know I know we we shit on remakes and shit, but when it's done right, a remake can be a really nice you know uh, homage to you know whatever, and they right. did a great job. So I I will say uh, I don't I don't with video games I don't have as much of a problem with remakes just because it's a matter of technology has moved forward so much that you can really fix you can yeah yeah like uh one of my games that i'm most looking forward to for ps4 and knowing square enix you it might not even Ah, come out final fantasy final fantasy 7 i'm so incredibly excited for that i never played it so it's it's a perfect experience for me to try it it's probably going to be worse I, it's probably going to be worse than the original as far as... Um, See, I this is where, like, this one was head and shoulders better. Mm. I mean, objectively better in every possible way. I, I, I don't mean... Obviously, the graphics are going to be better. The music is probably going Your to be better. Your experience with it? Uh, I think what's going to be worse is probably the writing, because I know the director who's on this, and he's the guy who does the Kingdom Hearts games. Okay. And the Kingdom Hearts games have, for a series that is meant for children, has one of the most convoluted stories I've ever seen. For a, for a, something that's basically uh, save the people from having their hearts taken away. You know, it's funny. I immediately I think of the Metal Gear games and those yeah. plot lines. Yep. I'm just like, what the fuck? That first game, though. The well, the yeah, the PlayStation One. Yes, Metal Gear Solid was yeah. great. But yeah, they're all as you play them, you're just like, what the fuck? Metal Gear Solid Who 4. came up with this shit. Yeah. Metal Gear Solid Four is a lot of fun, but it's also one of those where you're like. I'm I'm kind of lost because I haven't like Dude, been up on these games in a while. My problem with those is the last one I played the uh, the PS4 one. Oh, God, I forget not Snake Eater. I forget the name of it. But fucking the first hour is like 50 minutes of cutscenes. Yeah, yeah. It's like I want to fucking play. Yeah, yeah. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. I don't need to hear your whacked out weird fucking story. Snake though. <laughs> or not Snake. Yeah. What? A, no, it is Snake. Sorry. Snake. Yeah, he's great. I was, but I was thinking. And he it was, was played like, by Kiefer in the last one, so yeah. little Jack Bauer. I was, I, well, I was, I was like, is it Snake? Because then I was like, it can't be Snake, because there's Snake Pliskin, two guys who are badasses with, with eye patches. Right. That, yeah, can't, that can't no, be a it's thing. Real. It's real. Yeah. Um, there's your crossover, Snake and Snake. I'd watch it. Yeah, be great. Or play it, I guess. But yeah, Resident Evil. I'm gonna give the game an A minus. Yeah. Good game. But uh, we're gonna go to our interview now. All right, so uh, like I said, our segue from Resident Evil uh, is to talk to a guy who has made a movie with a video game featured. Um, His name is Kennedy J. Baruch. Uh, He wrote and directed a uh, rather acclaimed short film um, that is known as one of the best Zelda fan films. Uh, Now, I wouldn't really necessarily call it a fan film. I think it's a little more than that. um, Called Escape. And now it is being turned into a a feature-length film from him called Princess in Another Castle. Uh, Kennedy J. Baruch, you can find him at Twitter, at uh, Baruch Films, Instagram, Baruch Films, YouTube, Baruch Films. So thank you for making that easy for us, Kennedy, and for everyone (laughs) who's trying to find you. But... um, but yeah, uh, so you know, we were talking with uh, with his team there, and you know, decided to bring him on for an episode. Um, so yeah, welcome. Yeah, welcome, Kennedy. Thank you. 
glad to be a part of it. Awesome. Perfect. Well, first off, I uh, went and watched um, Escape and a few more of your movies, and I just want to say uh, that movie Meet the Lobsters is probably the, <laughs> my favorite so far that I've watched. I also like the you've got another one called uh, Skyward Bong, I believe, that I watched, and that, <laughs> that was hilarious because, you know, in every one of your movies that I've watched thus far, they're all short films, um, I can totally draw, uh, you know, um, uh, parallels to my own experiences. Right. So, you know, I, I guess I just wanted to start with why, why video games? Were you a ga- big gamer growing up or? Oh yeah. Huge gamer growing up. Um, y- you know, I, I tend to go back and forth different days of the week. One day I'll be like, I'm a filmmaker foremost. And another day I'll be like, I'm a storyteller foremost. But most of the time I'm like, I'm a gamer foremost. Nice. I'm, well, yeah, Always you're talking to a couple games. here. I just, uh, I was just talking about on the show. I plowed through the entirety of the new Resident Evil Two remake on oh, Xbox. Have you I'm played jealous. it yet? I, I picked it up on Friday. I love it. <laughs> well, I, um, I, I had to exercise a lot of willpower to not binge through that game this weekend. Well, that's the problem is it's funny because my memory of being a kid playing it, it was a lot more difficult. It took me a long time to get through, but I whipped mm-hmm. through it in like under 12 hours for both campaigns this weekend. So. So, so yeah. that would be the only disappointing thing is it's awesome, but it's too short. It's just too short. It but. is, uh, it is very short. I don't know. I, I tend to, um, I tend to prefer like a 10 out of 10, eight hour game over That's... like a seven out of 10, hundred hour game. Cause mm-hmm. if it's a 10 out of 10, I'm likely to want to play it like six or seven times, you know? Now, well, uh, now breath of the wild, I'm assuming you've played. What would you uh, say to that? Oh, one? That's a yeah. long game. It is a long game. Um, that's probably one of the longest games I've ever played. Now that I think about it, um, I'm sure there have been games I've put more hours into, but as far as one playthrough goes, I can't think of another game I've spent like 200 hours on one playthrough of. Maybe Pokemon as a kid. Oh boy! Right. Oh god, that's been a while <laughs> since I touched one of those. But um, yeah. But yeah. Anyways, um, just wanted to get you know a little bit of your gaming out there. But uh, as far as your movie, um, like I said, I watched Escape. Uh, I thought it was great. I really liked it. Uh, basically, for our listeners, the the premise is, is uh, that this little girl, uh, she's playing, I believe it was Twilight Princess in the game. Yes. And um, yeah. basically, she's got kind of a tumultuous home life. Um, she's not doing great in school. Uh, and this video game is sort of her escape from the shitty world that's around her. And in watching it, I was thinking to myself, you know... I've had these moments, especially as a kid. You know, I was the kid who, like, never did his homework. I was always playing mm-hmm. video games. But um, just what, did you draw that from your own experience, or was that something that you just came up with out of nowhere, or how'd that happen? I, uh, I generally tell people Escape is semi-autobiographical, um, and Princess in Another Castle is almost wholly autobiographical. It's pretty much just gender-swapped and everything else Okay. Um, is, is close to how it happened. Um yeah, uh, so for a while, I've just kind of been, pretty much since I started making movies, I've been like exercising my gamer pride in my movies. Um, after Escape, I had a interview with one site, and they quoted me on this like super pretentious quote I had where I, I was like, Martin Scorsese calls all his movies Italian movies, I call all my movies gaming movies, uh, <laughs> which I still probably stand by. Um, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. But but yeah, uh, at uh, at a certain point, I knew I wanted to make something more 
autobiographical and kind of like the 400 blows um, or any other movie that has a more realistic jarring take on childhood um, but with video games and kind of showing that for a lot of kids um, especially adults in my age group who grew up playing video games video games was kind of like our big saving grace you know we love cartoons some of us love comic books but video games are like the main thing where it's like you're in another world and you have agency and you have control. And as a, a kid, those things are all huge because you right. don't have agency as a kid. You don't have control. You, you can't do whatever you want. Um, which I think is part of the reason why so many kids connect with video games the way they do. Um, it makes sense. so yeah. I consciously wanted to do something autobiographical, keeping that in mind. Now, as far as your decision to go ahead and make this a feature length movie, um, was there, you know, is there a reason why you went that route? Was it just because it was so well received or is it just something where you see a lot more there? Because I got to tell you, in 10 minutes, you sure got the point across in a really, you know, concise and well done way. So, yeah, yeah it was very Thank efficient you. storytelling, I, I thought. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um yeah, there were there were a number of reasons why I wanted to make a feature film. Um, like you said, the success of the short was part of it. Um, I saw how many people. My favorite part of Escape was reading the comments and seeing how many people were like, "This was literally my life." I've never cried while watching a movie, but I cried so hard watching this one. I related to this so much. Um, stuff like that. And then every now and then I would see a comment that was, uh, "When are we getting a full length?" When's, when's the next one coming? Stuff like that, um, which got the gears turning in my head even more. Um, and with the success of Escape, I was like, well, shit, if there's one idea I have a feature that I could probably get funding for, it's the one that I basically made a spec short for already. Um, and then I kind of went into my memory banks, logged every most traumatic thing that happened to me in my childhood, put them on a piece of paper, was like, okay, if I put them in this one here, this one here, this one there, it makes a really good plot progression. And then I kind of filled in the blanks from there. And it, at a certain point, it almost felt like it was writing itself. Um, cause it's so close to me and so close to the best. That's really when you know, you're kind of in the zone is when, uh, when, yeah. when it just starts writing itself. Uh, yeah. I was kind of wondering, you know, you're, you're expanding on the story here. Uh, what kind of hurdles mm -hmm. have you sort of come across? I mean, you, you sort of said you basically started writing itself, but, uh, you know, with, with expanding on sort of like a really well-defined story, uh, what, what did you find that you had to s expand on more and what was a struggle with, uh, expanding on something? Um, uh, I would say the main thing in writing it was, um, expanding on the character arcs and making sure every single character has an arc. Um, cause really in, in the short film, Danny's the only one with an arc. Yeah. Um, so in writing a feature, I had to change that. Everyone has an arc. They start someplace and end someplace different. Um, there's more characters. Uh, we're kind of layering, um, the childhood gamer experience. She has one friend, um, and she has one friend she connects with over video games, which is a big thing for her. And that wasn't something we had in the short. Right. Um, we also introduce a uh, school counselor. Um, so she has a counselor to talk to, and he's trying to help her. Um, yeah, uh, more characters in writing. Um, and uh, 
kind of expanding it, um, making some things a little more sophisticated. Um, one of the big complaints was, uh, with escape I saw was that people were saying it was, uh, kind of perpetuating this idea that video games are only escapism and can't be art. Um, which is pretty much the one thing I couldn't fix or touch up in princess just cause it doesn't make sense from a child's perspective. I, um, I don't agree I'm, with it either because to me, I mean, everyone can get lost in art. So that would right. be yeah. kind of my Agreed. rebuttal to that. Um, but, well, and that's and a it's good just something kids don't that's right. above their pay grade. Right. Well, it's kind of an interesting idea is just because something is escapism. Does that mean it's not art? I think that's the question yeah. you have to ask. That is a good question. Because I think we all are in agreement that uh, it is art. Yes, I agree. Um, my, my friend uh, who who actually designs games, uh, at one point he, he said to me, the question isn't whether video games are art, it's whether or not they're good art. Yeah, and of course, no, most yeah. of the time the answer is no. <laughs> well, that's what's funny. I mean, so, you know, you can say everything's subjective, right? Yep. So yeah. there's good and bad art. You know, we watch movies constantly and yeah. there's a lot of shitty movies. Yeah. So, you know, is there, are movies good art just because they're movies? No. Yeah. But once in a while you get that one that changes your life. So, but, yes. uh, but yeah, uh, another, you know, getting into your new movie here. Um, one thing that I was definitely curious about, uh, what's it been like to, uh, it's, it looks like I did some research on you. It looks like you've been working on this thing for years, um, about five yep. years. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, um, we started it when I was in college, um, because I made escape as, uh, my final project for really what's basically film one in film school. Um, and by the time I was finishing up film school for uh, my last year, I was like, I bet with uh, the success from Escape and how everybody knows me in the department now, I could start a feature film as an independent studies project and get one of these professors of mine who has had films play at you know, places like Sundance and South by Southwest, all those big names, you know, wow. attached um, and producing like that would be a really big get for me while I'm still here and in film school. Um, so that was a plan and that was how it started. And it started as a, uh, school project led by, um, Jeff Marslett, who you can look up. He's had, he actually just had a short play at Sundance, uh, this past week, which is nice. pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that was how it started. Um, and our crew was nothing but students, um, which I don't, I feel no shame in saying that cause nothing but students made escape and everybody really loves that. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, then right before we finished shooting, I graduated. So I graduated, we kept shooting it over the summer and then finished. Um, and then there was just kind of like a series of events of like me having to learn how to support myself out of school, um, and us having to switch editors. Um, and then when we did switch editors, um, our second editor was like, I can't get this to work in my software for some reason. Um, and then at a certain point we decided to just reboot the edit completely. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and so it's the edit, the post-production was rebooted at a certain point. Um, and I think it was for the best, even though people have had to wait a while, I'd, I'd rather them wait a while for a perfect movie than, 
wait a little while for an okay movie. Makes yeah. sense. I can tell you, uh, we've had headaches just when we screw up recording an episode of the show. Oh, yeah. And we act like it's the end yeah. of the world. But I can imagine <laughs> your experience is a little more difficult. Um, as far as that experience, you know, like, it's got to be totally different, you know, to secure funding for something like this, find actors. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. about, I, I'm assuming the movie's what, like an hour and a half long or... Yeah, it's going to be about 80 minutes. Um, We were aiming for a manageable short length. Not too short, but, you know, a tight feature. For me, a lot of my favorite feature films are like 90 minutes, 80 minutes, because they're so tight. There's no wasted time. There's no fluff. It's just story uh, beat after story beat after story beat. When we review movies, we give movies bonus points if they're around that hour and a half long mark, because whether it's good or bad. Yes. Yep. Even if it's bad, it makes a difference. It It really does. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. want every movie to be uh, Lawrence of Arabia. So, but yeah, um, exactly. But yeah. So like funding for it, finding actors, that sort of thing. How'd you go about that? Was that just people you knew or did you, it looks like maybe it was a Kickstarter of some kind. Yeah, so going into production, um, we only had about $5,000, which when I sat down, talked about it with my DP and uh, my first producer on this, um, we were like, okay, we'll use that $5,000 for um, production design, costumes, props, um, and locations a little bit, Um, and then we will do what pretty much every other student filmmaker does and tell our actors they'll be paid with credit and food, um, yep. <laughs> which is what we put in the call for auditions. And then we had a call for auditions like you do, um, posted our ads for actors and, um, pretty much every single other projects I've done. The only actors I had audition were were local actors in Austin, um, willing to work for free on student projects. Um, whereas this one, it was interesting because we posted in, in the call for actors that this was based off escape escape already had a hundred thousand views, this and that, and this and that. And we had people driving in from all over Texas. We had like, we, we, we had, I think it was three days, maybe four days straight of auditions, just like 12 hours of auditions. And we had people driving all in from like Houston, Dallas. I think one guy came from Oklahoma actually. Um, and where was, are you located? Where are you located, Kennedy? I'm in Austin. Okay, so I'm in okay. uh, Central Texas. So we had people coming from like East Texas, West Texas, North Texas, and Texas. If you've never been to t- Texas, is like super big, like yeah, crazy yeah. big. Like it's I can cr- drive for ten hours and be in Texas. Still. Right? Yeah, We're in Wisconsin. That's not exactly the experience for us. In about four <laughs> hours, we can hit the northern tip of the state. So, yep. um, yeah. But yeah. Um, Anything else regarding Princess in, in Another Castle that you think it's important that our, our listeners hear about? I mean, you know, are they, you know, what are they, what are they in for with the movie? What's your goal? Um, our goal is to uh, tell a very real, heartfelt story of, of childhood um, for not just gamers, but I think a lot of people who grew up in the 90s, millennials, let's say. Um, people love using that word. Um, and, uh, to tell a story that Hollywood can't tell and not because they won't tell it per se, but because it's not as marketable for theatrical distribution, let's say as something, you know, most movies that come out of Hollywood about kids are 
for kids. Right. Right. Um, and when you're making a movie about childhood for kids, you can't have an honest, jarring, traumatizing take that a lot of people that a lot of adults are going to relate to. Yeah. You know, watching uh, Escape, I kind of thought about that because there's there's the kids movies like, uh, you know, Stand By Me or something that mm-hmm. kids aren't supposed to see. And then there's mm-hmm. the kids movies like, you know, the the kids movies we see all the time. There was just one that came out this weekend about the king of I don't even oh, know. Oh, yeah. The yes, Harry Potter. Exactly. Wannabe. But they're clearly for kids. Yes. Exclusively. Yeah. So it's kind of nice. I'm not saying anything bad about those. No. movies. like it's good to have kids movies for kids. Obviously. Hey, Padding- yeah. Paddington 2 last year was one of my favorite movies. So, yeah, <laughs> good choice. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. no, I um, you know, it's crazy because you. I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself about that. I'm like, huh, this is kind of interesting because it kind of toes that line where like a kid can can watch this. There's nothing there's nothing that would stand in the way of them understanding what this is. Yeah. Uh, but an adult can watch it too. Maybe get an idea of you know what their kids are going through and mm-hmm. you know why video games are important to them. So I think that's a that's a cool idea from you. Yeah, and at the end of the day, if if these movies can change even one mind, if these movies can make even just one parent or set of parents be like, Hey, I should be more careful raising my kid. I should respect that video games are a good thing for them. Um, and I'll, I, I think I'll have done my job, you know? Perfect. Well, yeah. So, I mean, what, where can they find, uh, information on the movie? So they can go to, uh, we've got an Instagram page, not only for me now, um, but for the movie. It's at uh, Princess in Another Castle movie. Um, we've still got the Twitter, which I believe is also at Princess in Another Castle movie. Um, we've got the Facebook page, and then we've got my YouTube channel, um, which I don't think I'm allowed to discuss the timing specifics, but I think I'm allowed to say that we will be posting an up- update there to the YouTube channel soon. And we've already sent out a few updates to our, uh, Indiegogo backers. That was, that um, was going to be my next question is, can, do you have a release for this? Do you know when it's coming out? And if you do know, can you tell us? I, I can't say. All right. Perfect. <laughs> no, we understand to, uh, to discuss that at this time. Fair well, enough. Hey, thank you for telling us. Um, we about- are, uh, Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say we're, um, you know, we're focusing on one thing at a time. Um, and right now it's finishing up post-production, um, which is going very well. We, we, uh, sat down and watched it the other night. Um, and I really, really like how it's coming along and I think the wait was worth it. Uh, I do have a couple questions. Uh, sure. Jackson kind of handled some of the, the questions on the short film. I got some questions as a, uh, film student to film student, uh, <laughs> sure. questions. So when you graduated, um, I, you, you made this successful short film, very well received, very good. Uh, what, did that help propel you to get a job in film? Are, are you working in film currently as like your um, day job? Yes, in, in a roundabout way. Um, film school, I think it could be argued more than any other type of, of college. Um, it's really what you make of it. Um, and a big part of it is networking and talking to people and finding people who will send work your way and vice versa. Yeah. Um, like for example, this past summer, um, one of my friends who's like my go-to co-writer now, um, he called me from LA and was like, Hey, 
I'm producing this uh, this short video interview with Beans from Even Stevens, and we need an animator. Um, and I know you animate, and I think your style would be great for this. What do you say? We'll pay you to do it. I was like, yeah. Nice. Um, you know, it's it's that kind of thing where you want to have as many positive bridges with people as you can get. Um, and with Austin specifically, it's been hard because um, pretty much right around the time I graduated, uh, the lawmakers changed the tax incentives for film production. So, oh, like, yeah. literally overnight when that happened, three TV shows closed down. They just oh, closed wow. doors, stopped production. Yeah, that seems um, like uh, it seems like it's becoming like it's L.A., Chicago, New York, and Atlanta. Yes, that is exactly correct. Um, so yeah, it's been very hard to find film work here specifically. Um, but with with my uh, directing work and camera work, I've I've been able to get um, a lot of good paying work that isn't film per se, but it's you know me directing the video production and dvd for a local theater production or oh, cool. uh directing um videos a live performance of local drag queens which is super fun um <laughs> doing uh videos of, of bands doing live performances or music videos local bands stuff right. like that um, sweet so I've, I've, yeah you said you did animation did you do those uh credit animations that were in uh, escape um yes so my my roommate at the time did the drawings and then I animated them and moved them um, and like altered the coloring a little bit. So they were in white over black instead of black over white. Right. Um, and then I did all of the animation for the credits in lobsters. Actually, that lobster at the end was all me. Nice. That that shit was really bizarre and fun to watch. Uh, on that note, <laughs> Thank you want you want to you want to explain the ending of that to me? Because uh, I'm usually, you know, I. I I watch something like that, and I, I'm usually pretty proud of myself and how I can, you know, understand the uh, the ending. Do you? Is it is it something where it's a nailed down meaning at the end of that, or? Oh yeah, um, the like lore of lobsters is nailed down for sure. I've always been kind of hesitant to reveal like too much because okay. I like letting people figure it out. Um, but yeah, the lobster was not his birth father. Um, this woman should not have been a woman he married, at least for the sake of the world and the future. Um, and, and the daughter they had is, you know, you can, some people have seen her as the antichrist. I don't it's, think that's, it was fun to far watch from man. the truth. <laughs> I, uh, I liked it. I liked um, it quite a bit. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But, um, yeah. um, if, if, I will say if you liked lobsters and you liked Escaped, you are probably going to go bananas for my second feature film, which we're, uh, we're in early, early development of it right now. Um, and I can't say too much, but it is a uh, it's, it's going to be a spiritual follow up of sorts to Princess. Um, and it's going to be a completely different character in a completely different genre. And it's action horror. Oh, um, and it's going to be fucking bananas. I'm super stoked for it. Oh, that's exciting. Horror is like my favorite yeah. genre. So nice. It's but, one of my favorites for sure. But uh, yeah, just to, to kind of, you know, leave off here. I wanted to ask you something not related. What is your favorite video game movie? 
Good question. My favorite video game movie. Yeah, I mean, I know they're historically not very good, but I've got a soft spot for a couple (laughs) of them, even though I know objectively they're not the greatest movies. But but yeah, do you have one that that you really like? Yeah, um, I you know they taught me at a certain point in film school, like if if you're aiming for Hollywood, never say a movie's bad movie. So I try my best to at least keep my mouth shut. Right. Um, but. Oh, I guess it depends on your definition of a video game movie, you know, because does Scott Pilgrim count? Oh, I think it does. Sure. I think by technicality it does. I mean, you kind of cheated I, me there. I, w- I was hoping for like <laughs> Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter or something, but we'll we'll let that I, one slide um, as the winner. I, I will say every time I catch the original Resident Evil movie on sci-fi, I find myself having a really good time. Yeah, it's it's the best one. Yeah, um, though I also saw, I think I skipped the fifth and sixth ones. I can't remember, but I saw I saw the last one in IMAX, um, and that was actually a really good time. I was ended up being surprised at how satisfied I was with how they like wrapped up the sci-fi aspects of the story. Okay. Um, I, I thought that was pretty cool what they did with the clones and all that. Well, yeah, um, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I feel like we get a little too wrapped up in the, um, I, I guess the objective quality of a movie and we forget that the mm-hmm. experience is just supposed to be about having fun. So if there's a mm-hmm. cheesy movie, uh, and you sit there and you enjoy it, who cares? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, do what makes you happy in 500 years. Nobody's going to give a shit about plenty of the movies that are coming out there's too many movies coming out for somebody in 500 years to give a shit about all of them you know right yeah that's a good point but yeah uh, anything else uh kennedy before we let you go here hmm i don't think so all right i think uh uh, yeah bad fun (laughs) <laughs> well, hey, yeah, thank you for uh, coming on here. We'll uh, we'll be eagerly uh, awaiting the release of uh, Princess in Another Castle and to hear about whatever that other project you're working on is. Yeah, I can tell you the uh, the initials for it. They're uh, JLKTA. All right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Everyone, allowed to say the title. Hey, but listeners, but please send in your guesses. We will read your guesses on the air. but yeah thanks again kennedy thank you for coming on yeah thank you and uh yeah that's it that's been another episode of uh bored and annoyed i've been jackson and i've been home at the movies thank you for uh listening